The content provided by this podcast, Health, Wellness, and Community, is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical or legal advice. The host and guest, including Dr. Moore, who is a certified nurse practitioner, provides insights based on their experiences and expertise in healthcare and community matters. However, the information shared in this podcast should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment and is not tailored to individual circumstances. Always consult with a qualified healthcare provider for personalized recommendations regarding your health. Additionally, the legal aspects discussed are not intended as a replacement for legal advice from qualified professionals. Any actions you take based on the information provided from this podcast are at your own risk. To read the full disclosure, please see the link below. Thank you for joining us on Health, Wellness, and Community. Now let's get to today's episode. This episode is about a very sensitive topic that many of us don't even like to talk about, but all of us should be talking about it. The topic of today's episode is suicide and suicide prevention. This issue affects all age brackets, all sexes, races, religions, and socioeconomic structures. It has no boundaries. Chances are that each one of us, you, me, and everyone else, either know someone who has attempted suicide or have thought about attempting suicide. If you yourself have thought about attempting suicide or are currently thinking about attempting suicide, tell somebody, please tell somebody. Let them know that you're hurting and let them know that you need help. Also, please listen to this complete episode as you may benefit from the information that is being shared here. Now, before we get started, I want to ask a favor of each and every listener. Can you please promise me that you will share this episode with at least two people? That's all I'm asking, that you share this episode with two people. I think the information in this podcast has the potential to help many. All we need to do is reach out. With that being said, let's go. Welcome back to the Health, Wellness, and Community Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Quentin Moore. And today on the show, we are going to have Dr. Wanda France. Dr. France is a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner who has been practicing in the capacity of psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner for 13 years and has been a nurse for 18 years. While conducting her doctoral studies, Dr. France chose to focus in the area of suicide prevention. Currently, she is a professor at Eastern Kentucky University, where she teaches in the Psychiatric Mental Health Nurse Practitioner Program, and she also has a private practice serving those who suffer from mental illness. Dr. France has published in peer-reviewed journals regarding suicide assessment competencies, as well as presenting at the national and local levels regarding suicide assessments for nurses and nurse practitioners. I had the privilege of attending one of her presentations on suicide prevention, and it is obvious that she loves what she's doing. She's good at it. And this is her life's passion and her life's calling 
to serve those with mental illness. That is why I have invited her here today to share with us her expertise in the area of suicide prevention. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Dr. Wanda France. Hey, Dr. France, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Dr. Moore, and I'm honored and excited to be a part of your health and wellness community podcast. Well, thank you. And today we're going to be talking about a subject that is very touchy for some cultures, and it's a subject that many people would prefer not to talk about. And of course, that subject is suicide prevention. Now, I want to thank you again for coming on our show to talk about this issue and providing some helpful information to our listeners. And as we know, this information, it could potentially save one of our listeners' lives or even the life of one of their family members. And uh, we want to thank you for being here again. Well, thank you. I know this topic can be hard to talk about and hard to discuss, but this is something we should do. We should talk about it as people, as providers, and educate the public. I think the more that we talk about it, we can break down some barriers and we can save lives. So let's talk a little bit about you and why did you want to become a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner? Well, many years ago when I first became a registered nurse, uh, my first job was at the University of Kentucky Markey Chandler Medical Center. And I worked a lot with uh, oncology patients. I was an oncology nurse. And while I was on the floor, I know that I was drawn to those that were having a hard time dealing with their diagnosis or their prognosis. And I spent a lot of time with those that were hurting or depressed. They just needed somebody to talk to or just somebody that would listen to their concerns that they had. So I really enjoyed and built on that provider-patient relationship and strive for that therapeutic communication to help others understand what's going on with them and their bodies and to help them through the time of need. Um, the patient, if they even feel heard, important, validated, they, it's a very important part of their plan of care. So it's obvious your passion for this whole uh, community that you serve, those with mental illness, uh, I understand where you're drawn to that, but tell us what sparked your interest in focusing primarily on the suicide and suicide prevention piece of mental health. Well, when working in healthcare, we have this healthy people, and it comes out every 10 years. Uh, the government puts this out. And the information about suicide, it never decreased. It's always on the rise. And I really just want to make a difference and save lives. And suicide continues every year to be on the rise. The past 20 years, we've had an increase, and we need to do more. So with that being said, let's talk a little bit about statistics regarding suicide, if you would. Sure. Uh, globally, there's about uh, 800,000 suicides per year. Suicide continues to be one of the 10th leading causes of death for adults and the second leading causing of death, causes of death for 10 to 24-year-olds. In 2018, 48,344 completed suicides in the U.S., and that's about 14.8 per 100,000 in the population. And in Kentucky, where I practice, 
the rate was 17.5 per 100,000. So that's well above the national average. So we need to do more here in Kentucky trying to save people from completing suicide. And like I said, there continues to be a rise, and we just really need to get out there and do more. Education is key, I think. Okay. And that's that's really surprising, the, the statistic of how high suicide rates are. And then when you look at Kentucky, how it is higher than the national average, that's, that's unfortunate. But uh, when we continue, as we continue to look at suicide, what kind of trends have you seen in, in the area of suicides? Well, what has been shown here lately in the research is that females tend to be more at risk, which is different from in the past. Uh, males were more uh, at risk for completing suicide, but now that's changed over to females. And as we've seen throughout this um, social media, how we're more involved in that, that uh, African-American children, the risk for suicide in that population has doubled. Wow. Wow. So what about, you know, right now we're going through a pandemic with uh, COVID, the coronavirus. Have there been any trends that are related to the COVID pandemic that have been identified? Yes, there's been a lot of stuff coming out in the research here lately. Uh, we've seen even children as young as eight years old being admitted in the emergency rooms for attempted suicide. And the focus or the shift has went back. You know, farm farmers were at the top of the list for a long time uh, for high suicide rate. And now it's switched back over to the professional group. Doctors and nurses are committing suicide uh, far more um, than any other profession. Wow. And when we think about things such as risk factors for folks who are potentially considering or attempting suicide, what are those risk factors? Well, anyone with a, a chronic mental illness or a chronic medical illness can be at risk. If there's a family history of suicide, that can also be a red flag. History of abuse or traumatic event. That has uh, definitely a red flag. Uh, previous suicide attempt, comorbid substance abuse, cultural beliefs, particularly in the Asian culture, they believe that suicide can actually redeem you if you've done something um, that uh, is a disgrace to your family. Um, local epidemics of suicide, cultural uh, isolation, being bullied or cyberbullied sleep deprivation or sleeping too much, poor compliance with medications or treatments, social factors, not getting out of the house, and this pandemic has really been um, a culprit for that. Feeling like a burden, if you have criminal or legal problems that can put you at risk, relationship problems, maybe divorce or a really big breakup, anxiety problems or feeling trapped and having bearable pain. Some other risk factors include anger or rage, extreme mood swings, being helpless or hopeless, homelessness, uh, having a crisis that's coming up within a couple of weeks, or even job and financial problems. So what are some behaviors that we can look for that 
may identify folks who are potentially thinking about committing suicide? Well, you may see them giving away things that are sentimental to them, to other family members or friends. Um, they could call out or talk to family members or friends that, that they've had issues with in the past, maybe to make peace with them um, if they didn't get along or trying to say goodbye without actually coming out and saying that they have thoughts of killing themselves. Uh, suicide notes are commonly left. Uh, about 25 to 30 percent of those who complete suicide have left a note. And there can be suicidal gestures. Suicidal gestures. When you say suicidal gestures, what exactly are, are suicidal gestures? Sure. Uh, those could be superficial cuts that are on the arms and legs, and sometimes they can be hidden up under the sleeve, so you may want to pull their sleeve up just to check, uh, stockpiling or hoarding medications, um, or stopping essential medications such as blood pressure medications or diabetics um, will stop their diabetic medication. If they go by things like a rope or a gun or ammunition, and as well as making passive statements that things would be better if they were gone or dead. Well, what about... Um... Are there any influential types of uh, factors regarding suicide? Yes. Uh, since the pandemic, you know, most of the focus and even the young groups are uh, really heavily into social media, and sometimes it's not always positive. Um, there are negative groups out there on the Internet, support groups for suicide, um, social media for suicide, encouraging those to do those type things. Uh, there has been like suicide manuals online to tell you exactly how to be effective um, if you were thinking of doing certain things uh, to take your life. And there's negative peer support. There's even been a movie come out on Amazon that said, or the, the title of that movie is I Love You Now Die. And it just shows how uh, a girlfriend had encouraged her boyfriend to commit suicide in a parking lot. Right. And then that's... That's very, it's it's shocking, to be honest, to hear all of these different forms of media that are used to potentially help a person complete a suicide. So Absolutely. So, yeah, not all that stuff that out there is positive. There's a lot of negative out there as well. So I think parents and friends and family need to be aware of that, especially if you have somebody that you love that. So talk about the positive influences that may help prevent a suicide. Well, if we could get someone into effective treatment, and that may include mental health treatment, physical health, or substance abuse programs, if we can get them access to clinical interventions early enough and to continue to sustain their life. Uh, family and community support is a huge thing. Um, they have to feel like they matter feel like they're important to somebody else. Uh, we can try to get them some skills in problem solving, some conflict resolution, and teach them nonviolent ways of handling disputes or traumatic events that have happened um, in their life. Coping skills is huge. Uh, you have to be able to deal with stuff you can't change or you can't control. And sometimes cultural beliefs can, can be a risk factor or that can be a supportive factor that you would not try to take. I just heard you say some uh, talk about family support, and I fully, you know, 
believe that family support is very important. The thing is, as far as when someone dependent on their culture, when someone potentially knows that a family member may be considering this, what can they what can they say or how would they actually approach someone who they think is considering attempting suicide? Well, the first thing is to to never judge. If someone feels like they are being judged or or you have some negative thoughts about them, that's going to make them shut down and they're not going to tell you that they need help. So don't judge that person. Manage those emotions. Try to keep it out. And all you need to focus on is how you're going to keep this person alive. And just bluntly ask them. Just come right out and say it. Are you thinking about killing yourself? That would be that would be really hard to just come out and ask. And I, I know it's something that's needed. And I know that if that question is asked bluntly, a lot of times you will get a truthful answer from the person you're asking. And now, if that truthful answer was, yes, I am considering committing suicide, what would be the next step? Well, this person could be taken to the emergency room. There are community mental health centers that are all throughout the United States. You could go there and they would get you in as an emergency visit. Uh, There are psychiatric hospitals that would also take you. And if they refuse to do any of these things and you're very concerned, you could always call the police and get the police involved to do like a wellness check or to go out and just check on them and make sure they're okay. And maybe they could talk to them or take them in if they needed to. Well, you can do all of those things, but is there a way that I, I know sometimes you can have somebody committed to a mental health hospital for like a 72 hour stay? When someone is talking about potentially committing suicide, can a family member have them committed for a 72-hour evaluation, or can they, can they do anything like that? Well, that's a tricky answer. So in Kentucky, if a person is not willing to go get help and the family members really think they're at risk and they're going to kill themselves, the family member or the friend, it doesn't matter who it is, could actually go to the local courthouse and file a mental health petition. And on that petition, you just kind of state what's going on. If they've told you they want to kill themselves, just kind of elaborate on what the situation is. And then that paper goes on to be signed by the judge, and the judge will then issue the police to go pick that person up. And it doesn't matter if they want to go or not. They will be going with the police officers to get help. And the police officer will then take that person to see a qualified mental health professional, which will then make that decision if they are going to be committed or not. Okay. And if the person is committed to an institution hospitalized, uh, how can the family or their partner or their friends support them at that point? My suggestion is to get involved, be a part of the treatment team, call them while they're in the hospital. Get involved with the doctors and ask what they need, what what they need to be successful when they get out. Help them go to appointments. Help them remember to take their medication and just really let them know that you care and that they matter to you. Okay. So as far as resources, what are some 
other resources that are available to our listeners regarding suicide prevention. And I plan on taking some of these and actually putting them down in the show notes for those listeners who are wondering. We'll put some information down in the show notes regarding suicide and some prevention strategies and so forth. But Dr. France. Sure. There are, uh, there is a suicide hotline that you can call 24 seven. The number is 1-800-273-TALK or 8255. Um, and you can call that number anytime, even if you just need someone to talk to you. There are a lot of online resources for counseling and to see practitioners. And since Honestly, since COVID is, this has increased that amount that's online, the access you have to care that's right there at your fingertips if you have a computer. Uh, so it's those types of things are very important to know exactly that there's somebody there anytime you need somebody, 24-7. Okay. So I guess to wrap everything up, I'm going to ask one last question. And my last question to you would be, is suicide preventable? It's a very good question. And absolutely, suicide is preventable. We all need to work together. We need to talk about it. We need to be there for each other. And if we can save one life, every ounce of effort, it, it it's all worth it. Okay. Well, Dr. France, we want to thank you for coming to the show, sharing your expertise with us. Uh, I'm sure that the vi- the listeners will definitely be more enlightened and they're more prepared just in case this type of situation comes in their lives. But uh, again, we want to thank you. And that's the show. All right. Thanks for the opportunity and, and good to be out there and educate anybody that wants to know. And, and there's always help out there if you need it. And take care and thanks again. All right. Thank you. We hope the information shared on today's episode was valuable to you. If you know someone who may be suicidal, reach out, show your support, be a part of the solution. If you have considered attempting suicide, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Or you can use the online crisis chat line at www.suicidepreventionlifeline.org backslash chat. Again, that's www.suicidepreventionlifeline.org backslash chat. Chat. You may also contact a crisis counselor 24 hours a day, seven days a week by texting the crisis text line and texting the word HOME in all capital letters, H O M E in all capital letters, to the number 741 741. Know that you are someone who is valuable and that we are listening. Together, we can help many get through troubling times. For those of you listening, I want you to know that you are someone who is valuable, and I want you to know that we are listening. Together, we can help many people get through troubling times. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to our email at hwcquestions at gmail.com. That's 
hwcquestions at gmail.com. For more information such as this, I ask that you like and subscribe our podcast, and we look forward to seeing you next week, and God bless. <laughs>